morning, everybody. We're in a new year, and we are back at it. I am excited about what's ahead, excited about uh, a whole bunch of things, and uh, I'll get into some of that today. But, um, man, just good to be back at it, and wish I could see your face, but we're getting there. We're getting there. I'm really believing that that is something that's coming very, very soon. So uh, if you got a Bible, grab a Bible. And turn to Psalm today. We're going to take one more quick detour before we go back into uh, what we've been doing with If God is Among Us. Um, But if you are in the East Valley and you want to come hang out with us, this is not church. This is me unpacking a text, talking through the word. Uh, Tonight we'll get together and we'll in in our home and we'll really lay into it and uh, kind of have some good discussion around it and spend some time in prayer and eat and all that fun stuff. So love for you to come hang out. You can hit us up online, hit us up on social media, figure out, uh, or not figure out, if you contact us on social media, we'll tell you <laughs> how to get to where we are. So uh, anywhere you want to come from, I don't care if you're coming from Washington State or Florida, it doesn't matter, we'll tell you where we are. But if you're in the East Valley, if you're anywhere near Tempe, uh, you're in luck because that's where we're at. So it'll be great to see you. So anyway, uh, we're going to go back in and we're going to look at a different text today. Um, kind of focusing on 2021. I don't normally do like that much attention to the holidays, but I feel like when we start a new year, it's kind of important to sit on some things, especially when I'm thinking about so many things that are ahead this year, things we're anticipating that are going to be exciting, things that we can't possibly anticipate, like nobody could have anticipated 2020, right? Um, and then this word that God just keeps putting in my face here lately, which is courage. So I feel like it's important that I share with you kind of where I'm at on that and, and why. So look at Psalm chapter 27, and uh, I'll take us in here. Psalm 27, I'm looking at verse 14, the last verse of the chapter. Uh, it says, wait for the Lord, be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Lord, I do love you. Um, I thank you for your text. I thank you for your word. I thank you that you give it to us, that we can hold it, that we can touch it, that we can read it, that we can memorize it, that we can know who you are. We can know what you like, what you hate, Lord. What honors you? What dishonors you? We, we don't have to wonder, Lord, that you've given us who you are. Help us be diligent, God, not just to learn to know you more, but to learn how to share you more with others, that we can encourage others to be um, excited about seeing you and knowing who you are. Lord, I pray today that as we look into things that are ahead, uh, help us do this. Help us be able to wait for you and anticipate Uh, what you have for us in the future. I love you, Lord. I ask these things in Christ's name. Amen. So everywhere you turn, people are celebrating that uh, 2020's over. You know, I mean, there's just parties everywhere. In fact, the fire, I don't know where you guys were, but the fireworks show the other night was legendary here in Phoenix. Uh, People that have lived here most all their lives said they've never heard anything like it. It was shaking walls. You could hear it everywhere. Um, just one massive, continuous booming all over the, the valley. Um, and I was thinking, though, there's so much celebration over 2020 being over. But think back before COVID. Think back to, like, the riots. You remember the riots? If you've been around for a minute, you, you know what I'm talking about. Um, do you remember what they were about? 
Do you remember what started all those? No, it was just this year. But do you remember what started all that? I'm not in any way endorsing riots at all. I'm not doing that. But I'm just saying, before we celebrate too much 2020 being over and done with, um, we need to remember that for some people, this was a landmark year of change. For some people, this was a year where a long overdue change started happening. Uh, whether it's gone as far as it should or not, I'm not getting into that. I'm just saying it's been a landmark year for a lot of people. Uh, change that's directly affected their lives. And so in some ways, you know, that's 2020 is a, a landmark good year, uh, for, despite these other, no doubt, horrible things like COVID. It's also notice, notable, uh, as I've looked back on it, the, how many things the whole world has been involved in, even the riots, the whole world seemed somehow involved in that. There were riots in other countries that were directly related to the ones happening here. Um, obviously, the COVID thing is all around the whole entire country, whether you think it's a a conspiracy or whatever else it is you think it is it's global either way but there's certainly things to be glad about um things i'm saying that we're leaving in the past that we should be glad about there are things that we can move into 2021 and celebrate that they're over as long as they are in fact in the past like covid obviously is one uh the toilet paper hoarding, <laughs> that's one I hope never comes back. If you're in our neighborhood, uh, a record drought we hope we don't ever have again, record heat we don't ever have, hope we have again, uh, record days of record heat. So all, all kinds of things. But, but here's the real thing. All this hype about 2021, it's cool and all, it's good, it's cool. But in reality, it's just the next moment. It's just the next minute, the next hour, the next day. 2020 was Thursday. 2021 is Friday. Uh, and I get the mindset. I'm not trying to play it down, but I'm just saying, what if 2021 isn't any different? What if it gets worse? What if? What if? I know. Where's your hope, you know? That's the question. Where's your hope? Is it in scratching uh, an X on December 31st on your calendar, like December 31st, 2020, X, thank goodness that's done with. Or you depending on your phone saying January 1st, 2021, is that your source of joy? Is that where it's coming from? Um, I remember when everyone was afraid of the opposite. I remember when it was all the clocks are fixing to read January 1st, 2000. And the whole world freaked out. You know, Y2K. How about if things in 2021 get much better for the world and much worse for you? There's a lot of what ifs. But regardless, here's the thing I can promise you. Even if things get good, even if things get really good, there's still always new challenges. And sometimes, even uh, if we're excited about them, they can be very scary. Even things that we're excited about can still be really scary. So where does it come from? Uh, let's back up a minute. Where does it come from, this counting seasons, this anticipation of 2021 from 2020? Does the calendar really matter? Well, the calendar originated, believe it or not, in the very beginning of your Bible. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 14, God said, Let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night. Let them be for signs and seasons and for days 
and years. That's the sun, the moon, the stars. God created seasons. That's what he did. He created time, a way to measure time. The sun circling the earth, the moon coming behind it, that, you know, that, that whole thing. To be able to look at the stars, see how they move across the sky, you're able to measure seasons and times. So that's where the calendar, so to speak, originated. Later, God gave the Hebrews a specific calendar in Exodus chapter 12. This is not the first people to ever have a calendar, but it was the Hebrews' first calendar. In Ephesians chapter 12, verse 1, the Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, This month shall be for you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year. This is going to be the moment of Passover. And you can look that story up in your own time where God delivers the uh, Hebrews from the uh, slavery in Egypt. In verse 17, he says, You shall observe feasts of unleavened bread. For on this very day I brought your hosts out of the land of Egypt. Therefore you shall observe this day throughout your generations a statute forever. In the first month from the 14th day in the evening. And I'm not going through all this. I'm just pointing out that there are specific dates. Those dates mattered. Year after year, those dates mattered. And the first day of the Jewish calendar begins as a result of Passover. Exodus 23 verse 10. He says, Six years... Uh, you shall sow your land and gather its yield, but the seventh year you shall let it rest. Let the land rest on the seventh year. You gotta measure time there. Verse 12 says six days you, uh, do work, but on the seventh you rest. That's the Sabbath. We can talk about that again another time, but just the point. Calendar, measuring days. Verse 14, three times in the year you keep a feast to me. You shall keep the feast of unleavened bread. In verse 15, verse 16, the feast of harvest. And the feast of ingathering at the end of the year. On and on here. <coughs> Excuse me. Obviously the calendar matters, okay? Obviously it does. However, there's another application of seasons. You may know it because there's a song written about it, but Ecclesiastes 3 1 says, For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. A time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck up what's planted. And he goes on and on. I'm not going to read them all. You can do that if you want. But there's no calendar date defined in Ecclesiastes. This is not a, a, a length of time that we can measure out by calendar dates. But it is a designated period of time with a beginning and an end. It's a fixed period of time in all of these examples. There is such a thing as a fixed period of time, but we can't measure uh, like with a calendar when it starts or when it ends. And that's a picture of God's sovereignty and God's ultimate control over things, which is a good thing. That's saying that there are times that are permitted by God. They have a beginning and an end, though they're not designated or measurable on a calendar. Um, the Israelites, for instance, wandered in the desert for 40 years, all right? They were moving when God said move. If God didn't move, they didn't move. No one knew particularly the moment that it was going to end, but it did have an ending. And when it came, it was time to enter the promised land, their land, the land that God promised them. We're, we're here. The 40 years of wandering is over. We're at the desert. It's time to go in. However, even then... They were told to be courageous. They're not finished yet. They're entering another season. Their prayers are answered. The land that was promised to them is given to them. It's far better than the desert they've been wandering in. But still, there would be cause for great fear. So they're told, be courageous. Um, For us, and by us I mean Salt River Community Church, SRCC, 
it's another calendar date, obviously, and we're entering a new season. Now, now we're entering the, the calendar date 2021, but our church is moving into a new season. There are huge things that are coming in the months ahead. And as we move into that, there's going to be things even now to thank God for. But there's also going to be things that we need to be really brave for. Uh, when we think about courage, we tend to think about Joshua 1, nine. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. God repeats that phrase in Joshua chapter 1 multiple times. Um, it's a common phrase for pastors and sermons. But today I want to look more at my namesake, which is David instead of Joshua. So back in Psalm 27 verse 14, the verse says again, the last verse, Wait for the Lord, be strong, and let your heart take courage Wait for the Lord. But let's look at the context that that verse is set in to kind of understand more of what David's saying. Go back to the beginning, Psalm 27, verse 1. And I'm just going to skim through this because I'm not trying to pull apart all of it. We're going to keep it short today, but I want to, I want to move through and, and just show it to you. In verse 1, he says, The Lord is, David's saying, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Hey, look, that alone should say it all, right? Whom shall I fear? That alone should say it all. But he goes on. The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Uh, whom shall I be afraid? Verse 3. I'm kind of skipping through. Verse 3. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war arise against me, yet I will be confident. That's a pretty confident statement right there. <laughs> I will be confident. And I'm hoping I'll have confidence. I'm confident that I'll be confident, right? Verse four. One thing have I asked of the Lord that I will, that, that will I seek after. Excuse me. He's saying there's one thing I've asked of the Lord and that one thing is what I'm seeking after. What's the one thing, David? Well, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life so that I may gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and inquire or meditate in his temple. Man, what, if there's a one prayer, we'll come back to that. But just think of what he's saying here. Verse 5, for he'll hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He'll conceal me under the cover of his tent. He'll lift me high upon a rock. Verse 7, hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud. Be gracious to me and answer me. I love that. He's saying, Lord, when I'm crying out to you, hear what I'm saying and answer. It's okay to ask God to answer. In fact, he's somewhat, I believe, shouting this. Now, it's a song, but I still believe it's a shout. It's a cry of his heart. Answer me. Verse 8, you said, seek my face. And my heart says to you, your face, Lord, do I seek. Man, God, you gave me permission to look for you, and I'm looking that's what I'm doing here. He says, verse 9, hide not your face from me. Don't hide from me. Let me see you. Turn not your servant away in anger. O oh, you who have been my help, cast me not off. Forsake me not, O oh God of my salvation. A, a heart that's crying out to him for defense, even as he acknowledges that he is defended by the Lord. Verse 11, he says, Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me on a level path because of my enemies. Verse 13, I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. What he's saying there is I am trusting that I'm going to see your goodness, Lord, while I'm still alive. I know I'll see it in heaven. I know I'll see it when I die, but I'm trusting that even now 
when enemies are camped around me or not, I, I will see your goodness. And we don't know what enemies may lie ahead for us. We don't know that. And maybe there's none. Perhaps we're going to get to say things like, perhaps we'll get to dwell in the house of the Lord. Perhaps we'll get to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. as days. Perhaps we're going to inquire or meditate in his temple. That's going to be the way things look for us in 2021. I don't know. Perhaps we're going to look on the goodness of the Lord while we're alive still. But either way, whether that's the case or enemies, there's certainly going to be struggles. No doubt. There's going to be barriers. There's going to be resistance. There's going to be huge decisions. There's going to be sudden changes. There's going to be serious commitments that we have to make. There's going to be things or people or lifestyles that we may end up having to abandon. And even in the good things there, we may fear. We may face fear. In fact, I anticipate that we will. So let's look back at the last verse that he came back to in verse 14. He says, wait for the Lord. Be strong. Let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. First observation about that verse there is there's a repeated phrase. What is it? Wait for the Lord. He says it twice in that little bitty sentence right there. Wait is an imperative. It's a command. Wait. It's an imperative. It means to to wait, not just sit back and smoke a cigar. It means to wait eagerly, to expect to anticipate, to hope. I always, when I see that word, that Hebrew word there for wait, I always picture, the word picture I get is the groom at the altar waiting on the back doors to open with the bride. The music started to play and he's waiting for that door to open for her to come down. He knows she's there. He knows she's coming. He's anticipating it. That's what wait means. Uh, I love the New Living Translation adds, wait patiently. It sticks the word patiently in there, but it's appropriate. Wait patiently. And the Jewish Bible translates it pretty cool. Psalm 27 verse 14 translates this way in the Jewish Bible. Put your hope in Adonai. They don't say his, they call him Lord instead of, uh, Adonai. So, I mean, excuse me, they call him Adonai, which means Lord instead of the proper name. We have L-O-R-D in our Bible. They have Adonai. It still means Lord. Verse 14, put your hope in Adonai, be strong, and let your heart take courage. Yes, put your hope in Adonai. That's the idea, right? Put your hope in. That's what wait means. Courage there. He says, and take courage, or let your heart take courage. Courage there is uh, is the idea of taking heart, of, of, of becoming forward for lack of a better phrase, of, of being uh, not, not just sitting there unmoved, but moving forward. Your heart begins to move forward. But don't miss that little word there, let your heart take courage. Let. Even in English, that implies a passive, a passive action. Let your heart do it. And the words are better read maybe like this. Be strong and he will strengthen your heart. Um, now, full honesty, the Hebrew language is just like Spanish in some ways. One of those is that uh, it has masculine and feminine uh, associations with the words, and they identify objects with person, uh, personal pronouns uh, like he or she instead of it. So they're going to refer to something as a he. A rock might be a he or a she or something. It's not going to be an it like we would say. So I, I'll grant you that, but I do like the fact that he says, be strong and he 
will strengthen your heart. So the verse reading there, be strong and he'll strengthen your heart, could be suggesting that being strong will itself strengthen your heart. Could be meaning that, that the he could be strong. So being strong will strengthen your heart. But I like to think, because of what David is saying here, he's thinking more of God will strengthen your heart. Why? Because what is he saying here twice? He opens and closes with it, wait for the Lord. David's focus here is on the Lord, not on not on somebody lifting weights or uh, building up strength or whatever. It's on waiting for the Lord. His whole focus is on, he says it twice. And so it's in waiting for the Lord, anticipating, hoping for the Lord and remaining strong in our faith that he, the Lord, is going to strengthen our heart. That's what he's, that's what I believe he's saying here. And there's also a little conjunction in there in those last words. It doesn't appear in English, but it's there in the Hebrew. It's the word and, and it's right before those last Words there. So in the original language, it almost reads like a prescription here for courage. Wait or hope for the Lord. Be strong and he will strengthen your heart or give you courage. And so having hope and courage, anticipate the Lord. All right. That, that's the way I see this verse. Wait or hope for the Lord. Wait. We're going to change it. We're just going to say hope. Hope for the Lord. Be strong, and he will strengthen your heart, giving you courage. And so, having hope or courage, anticipate the Lord. I think that's the way it rolls. So let's move to practical here. How does hoping or anticipating the Lord give courage to your heart? What does that look like? How does that happen? And how do you be strong with that knowledge how does this work? Look back at verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Well, that's the answer. Is he a light to you? What does the light do to the darkness? You're depressed. You have darkness, a darkness of depression. Is he a light to you? You have a darkness of sin in your life. Is he a light to you? You have a darkness of hopelessness. Is he a light to you? You know, you have a darkness of divorce or anger or hatred. Is he a light to you? You have a darkness of being alone. Is he a light to you? In a world of darkness, is he a light to you? Does his salvation, I'm just looking at the verse, does his salvation remind you of grace continually? Do you constantly think about what it means that you are his? His salvation, not yours. It's a salvation that he gave to you. It is, you could say it's my salvation, but it came from him. It is something he did. He saved you. Does that, does that not blow your mind on a daily basis? Is he a stronghold for your life? Does your life rest in his hands? Like a fortress around you. Do you set your life in his hands so that it, you, you're sealed in a fortress? Um, how much time do you spend with him? Quick way to find out if you're wondering, well, I think I do. I think I do. Well, it's really easy to figure it out. How much time do you spend with him? Do you pray? Are you in the word, in the word with him? Do you anticipate hearing from him when you get in the word? Do you actually spend time remembering grace? 
just being blown by grace? Do you share salvation with other people? Like it's so moving to you that you have to share it to other people. Does that happen in your life? Are you talking about him? Are you listening to him when he may be talking to you? Are you thanking him for being a stronghold to you? Do you do that? Do you write things down like David did? Can you say what David said, verse 4? One thing, one thing have I asked of the Lord that will I seek after, that one thing, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire or meditate in his temple. Is that the one thing you seek after? To be able to spend day and night in his presence. Like, if I could do nothing else with my time, that's the one thing that I want most of all is to spend all of my time in your presence. Can you say that and mean it? You might say you know you're supposed to, and you might even think you, but can you mean that? Like, there's no place you want to go that would be outside of his presence. There's nothing you want to do. All you want to do is be with him in his presence and meditate on I can tell you right now whether that's true, how much time you spend in his word. How much time do you spend meditating on his word right now? And the best way to do this is ask your neighbor. Ask your neighbor what they think you seek after most without tipping their hand. Ask them, what do, they, what do you think I seek after most? See what they say. So let me close with this. Um, what are the things we need this kind of courage to face in 2021? Whether it's bad things that may still happen, like COVID, new strands may come, or the vaccine, all the chaos that's already starting to set up around that, or the new leadership, president, and all the things that are going to go on with that, the school year that may or may not happen in 2021, the sports schedules that are all going to be shifted still because of the fallout from 2020, financial crisis that everybody thinks may happen or may actually happen, national debt, uh, housing market crashes, more mobs or protests that might come, the legalized drugs that are starting to expand all over the country, sexuality becoming more and more confused, uh, hoarding toilet paper. <laughs> Please don't let that one come back. But all of those things, we're going to need courage to face them if they come. Or things could be very good. But they can also be scary because they bring a lot of responsibility with them. Weighty things that we may get in, in the future. Maybe it's for you, it's a job that you've really been wanting and finally you get it. But now it's scary because now you gotta do it. And it might be something you feel like you know how to do, but it's way over your head too. Uh, things like that. Or maybe school. Maybe you've been trying to get into school and now you've gotten into one and you're excited about it. But now, man, there's new faces, a new place to live. There's uh, all these new things to figure out. And I've got to learn on top of all that. You know, I don't know. But I can tell you for Salt River Community Church, for us, we're looking forward to this year without a doubt. Um, but there's a lot of things that are going to be heavy. I can tell you a few that I already know are common. Uh, a location. There is, this year, we're going to end up in a location. We are moving out of this house. Now, our small groups are still going to be here, so our small group will still continue to meet in this house like we do every week. In fact, that's another thing we're going to be looking at in 2021 is multiplying more small groups. That's going to happen. But we're going to move into a location soon. That's going to be a big deal. That's going to be a stressing, stressful thing and something that's going to take courage. 
for us to make that move, but it's going to be exciting. Uh, mission trips we have planned this year. We've already got some work and some that are somewhat local that remain in Arizona, but helping, uh, people group in Arizona. Some are people group overseas that we're looking at helping and being involved in with if COVID clears and lets us do it. But we got that plan this year. Uh, empowering disciples to make disciples. We've been already doing that, working to make disciples here. And if you're part of this, you know what I'm talking about. But in this year, 2021, we're going to start looking at releasing some of those that we've been discipling and saying, all right, now you go make disciples and starting to multiply. Uh, we've hired uh, some pastoral leadership, um, and we'll probably hire some more in that area. We're looking to bring on a worship leader on our team, and we expect that's going to happen in 2021. Developing children's ministry. We've already got some people who've moved into town in place that we're going to start looking at doing that, and that's going to be exciting and, and all those things, but it's going to take some courage. Uh, if you know me, it's going to take a lot of courage. I'm not great with kids, but... I don't have to lead that. So, <laughs> uh, and then, you know, changing levels of support. We've got some new partners that are wanting to come be involved with us, other churches from other places. And we're excited about that. And then we have some that are, uh, have been involved with us for a few years that are starting to kind of roll off. So it's just a lot of that is going to be exciting, but it's going to take courage. So in all these things, we will continue, whether it's the COVID and the mobs and the, Hoarding toilet paper, or whether it's the new location and a worship leader and a children's program, all these things, we're going to continue to hope, to anticipate, to expect the Lord and remain strong in the hope that we anticipate the Lord. That's where the strength is at. That's where we're going to, we're going to stay strong in our hope, in our expectation, and that's where he will give us courage. That's where he will give us courage. So maybe, look, maybe you don't feel like you have hope, okay? Maybe you don't. Maybe you don't feel like you have any of this courage um, now or for the future. Maybe you feel like, man, the things that I've just described that could happen are terrifying to you, and the thought that you may have to face them alone um, is really scary. Maybe the fact is you don't know the Lord at all. This idea of protection from God or being guarded by God or finding joy in your salvation or, 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 or being able to say, I don't fear anybody because I trust him. Maybe that's not you. Listen, this is the day you change that. I'm telling you right now, this is the day you change that. Is your salvation in Christ? Is your salvation in Jesus, your protection, your peace, is that from him? I don't care what the calendar date says. I don't care how many X's are on my calendar. I don't care if my phone quits. I don't care if if Y2K happened or if 2021 tops the worst that 2020 ever brought. Because I know a fact. Jesus conquered death. My God is alive. The worst that the world can bring at me can only bring my death. But my God, my faith, my hope, my salvation is in one who conquered that. That's who Jesus is. Today, listen, today's the day, man. Tell him, I, I need you, Jesus. I need that hope. I can't defeat death. I can't even defeat depression. I need you, Jesus. Take my life. You can have it. Wrap me in your hands. Grant me salvation. Give that to him, guys. Just tell him that. 
And then, again, hit us up. Let us know. I don't care where you are in the world. We want to pray for you. We want to pray with you. But if you're here, especially, we want to get to know you and encourage you. Because if you give your life to Christ, then not only are you carried in his hands, but he has a plan that your life can impact so many others on this earth. That's called being a disciple and making disciples. So let me pray for you. Lord, I love you. I thank you as always for your word. It is so amazing, God. Uh, Help us be excited as we go into 2021, but also having courage, Lord. Help us uh, embrace the fact that our hope is in you, that we anticipate you, that we expect you, and that, We can be strong and expect the courage that comes from hoping in you, no matter what we may face, good or bad, Lord. I love you. I thank you for all that you give and bless us with. And, Lord, give us that vision to see where you're heading. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. 